not often in television, I am shooketh. Utopia episode four hath shooketh me. You're listening to that blessed and highly flavored podcast. It's only because a nigga bless. Welcome back to Black Oak Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are back for another episode of Amazon Prime series, Utopia season one, episode four. Not slow, not bad. This episode was written, of course, by Jillian Flynn and directed by Susanna Fogel, who worked on The Spy Who Dumped Me. That was that Ashton Kutcher movie that I never got around to finishing because that's just not my type of entertainment. I did give this episode a 10 out of 10. It was shocking. It was disturbing. However... It also left on such an impactful note. It escalated the stakes in this game that we have been watching. And it's not a game, but that's the analogy I'm going with right now. Well, it is in a a way between two sides that are all after the same thing in that respect. But the, the, the real life stakes are definitely put all out there in this one of exactly the type of people our heroes will be in conflict with before i get into the recap just wanted to do some light housekeeping to let you know what we got going on the rest of this week so tomorrow we will get into episode 10 of doom patrol still working on that first season but we got five episodes to go on friday we will get back into the haunting of blythe manor episode three and then on saturday the leftovers makes its return season three episode one along with vicariously merlin season three episodes eight and nine if you want to send feedback for any of those shows you can send it to blackocouch at gmail.com now let's get into this recap because i can't wait to talk about this i can't wait to get into the feedback to hear about this i'm wondering if my girls are even still on board with this show it might have been too much for them i will respect that like when it comes to usually kids and i am like i think they did a respectful job of showing an atrocious thing and that is all i will say about it until we get there Jessica and Ian are digging a grave out in the woods for the dearly departed Artemis. Ian looks like a scrawny thing and I'm not saying Jessica is packing a whole bunch of muscle but I would expect more from her but I know it could not have been any easy feat to get that big ass corpse from that bathroom up them stairs into the trunk of her car through the the trash heaps I mean, that was a journey, but I guess they could have, because she was on some tarp, right? Yeah, just dragging it. I guess I'm giving them too much credit. (laughs) Ian asks, do you want to say a few words? And with a pause, she says, sunrise, shovel fast. Okay, 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 okay. They get back to the safe house. And while Sam is covered, she's still a corpse on the floor. As soon as they walk in covered in dirt, Becky asks what happened. He's like, well, we found Artemis and Cray. I like the way he did the hand motion. Like her killed her and then we buried her. She 
being Jessica is literally cleaning herself with spit. Gross. You nasty. Becky is like, you know there's a sink, right? And then that look that she gives, there was just a lot of small things in this episode, which gave it the highest score for me because I love character interactions, even if they're nonsensical. Chemistry wins me over every time and I think they have a good dynamic, this group. And I love the look that she gives her like, oh, I know I'm totally being judged as a filthy animal and it kind of feels bad because it's by the one person I kind of respect around here. But I ain't got nothing to account for myself. So I'm just going to be like, whatever. I knew that. And go into the actual kitchen and washes herself up at least a little bit. Clean up her face. Wash her hands. And Jessica then go toe-to-toe over the fact that she, her friend, did the right thing. Is kind of a hero for doing the right thing. Well, before he does that, he explains. <laughs> she ripped off her fingernails like it was rotisserie chicken, which is a disgusting analogy, with some code on it. Doesn't explain what the code was. But she is making excuses for her dad. Like, I killed Artemis because she allowed my dad to be murdered. Well, your dad is killing children right now. Or the viruses that he created is doing that 92 of them is what we got thus far so that went up even from the last time we checked in and he basically says i'm not sure your one life is worth 92 of those children and you need to stop putting your dad on the damn pedestal because that kind of does make sense (laughs) now they're having that this exchange while she's in the other room but then she comes into where everyone else is congregated by (laughs) sam's body and he backs up and i'm like bruh if you gonna talk a big game you also need to not be a scaredy cat you can't keep opening your mouth i was defending you last episode but also take three steps back when she comes in the room nope you gotta stand your ground and i feel as if she took this in as if to say like i don't feel as if she doesn't want other opinions or thinks not to listen to what he's saying because it does make sense but she also comes right back with some sense of her own because she's also right that artemis still had to die she had to die uh she practically begged to die and it would have been a less painful death than if the harvest had gotten their hands around her strangling her with her scarf was something she blessed and it was fine it was merciful it was as merciful as she was gonna get and sis was sleeping in the garbage she was ready to tap it on out and then he replies i just think we're losing touch with humanity as you stand next to sam's corpse I just found it hilarious that I'm having this conversation with a body right there. She then drags them on their own moralistic compass. Like, oh, you guys have been fantasizing about my actual fucking life. So while it's graphic and immoral on the pages, you're cool 
putting your headspace up in there but when it's time to dip your toes into the reality you're all like oh what about our humanity like i'm the one that's been out in the streets surviving in this world with the worst of humanity and y'all been chilling what did she say in your cubicles (laughs) on your small screens and uh with your text chirping up at you i'm like chirping up at you she definitely does not know how to use an iphone grant then introduces himself to the party with scissors because he can spot a crazy bitch when he sees one and while he is fangirling over the fact that she is indeed jessica hyde she tries to cozy up to him by letting him see her starburst he still come from them streets and (laughs) doesn't trust so easily so when she tries to snatch that comic he locks himself in the bathroom and escapes out the window but he tosses the comic before he jumps and this immature child that she is instead of just rolling around to the front door she gonna jump out the damn bathroom window too and then they both scramble to pick up pieces of the comic with each having pages respectively and then they are left in a mexican standoff i will say they could have done a bit better job (laughs) they're like oh he's just a boy jessica don't do anything to him but no one was actually (laughs) it was almost as if two children were acting a fool in the playground and you're just like stop but you really don't want to get up and intervene you're just like y'all eventually gonna figure that shit out i just noticed my voice is scratchy i am having some allergy issues so if i sound a little more nasally (laughs) that is the situation um this also just shows how stunted jessica's development is reinforces what mimi was saying last episode and i believe shy as well that she is very immature she has not been taught they both are distrustful people i like their conversation a little bit later because they are a lot similar they're orphans no one's taking care of them they have an instant distrust of people because boy you came to this house with a comment what did you think was about to happen (laughs) like you was just gonna hold it the whole entire time I get that there's a body in the in the living room and things are uncomfortable but clearly Becky still brought you here and this is clearly a better place than the popo station or the other people that we know for facts will try to kill you what's nice is that Grant had met on his journey this group of people that is I'm guessing going to become and already has like his family that saves him from being or growing up into jessica and the full extent of how that continued trauma neglect etc etc can continue to break down your own sense of (laughs) pretty much reality because she is a little batshit however wilson saying at the beginning of that fight he hasn't been taught scissor safety was beyond corny and so unnecessary we then check in with thomas christie who is stretching with his partner who happens to also be his dad he tells him we got a bit of a problem his name is michael stearns he's in st louis trying to get access it's clear that he was supposed to be 
the validation of the virus and he was supposed to go back into his lab and be none the wiser that he was used but he is putting himself on the front line because who who knew he had balls the most dangerous man on the planet is accelerating his chances of getting diabetes by having whipped cream on his pancakes there are 10 million 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 particles in the universe that we can observe your mama took the ugly ones and put them into one nerve that makes absolutely no fucking sense to me when he put the the strawberry on top i was like what the hell is that why would you put that in the first bite he took was nothing but sugar Ugh! i was having a heart attack stroke thinking about it he then talks to wifey whom i still don't trust and he gets the attention of several parents who have nothing to do except sit in the diner and gossip but he is able to start getting some stories about what has been happening and he speaks to the father uh what is his name i think i wrote in my notes a little bit later but we've seen him on the news and because we keep seeing him so often he was in the previous episode too at the front line each time and i i just don't believe that the same person would be in front every day like if that was me i'd be pushing him aside making sure i was the first one to show up watching when he left his tent like this motherfucker i'm going to get myself just in case there's a line i'm gonna be first in it so i'm guessing he is a plant and by the end of this episode i i am a hundred percent certain he is father and the son then bike into work with neither respecting their fellow cyclists almost causing a collision and thomas flips the guy off like it's his fault they go into work with thomas super confident and kevin playing life coach telling him to be bold today i plan on being nothing less than revolutionary he did not lie when he said that in a construction front i love the red hallway just oh i don't know what it was about that but it's something when you use this bright red that always catches my attention and he comes in to meet his crisis team which include three minions and Kara. He jumps in with motherfucking butt cake. Go. Go. Bring all your white people with you. Because y'all niggas got to exit right now. I laughed so hard during this entire scene. <laughs> I didn't know what Kevin Christie's role was going to be. I was starting to think he was going to be a bit character. But he definitely emerged this episode and I, I mean, he's so evil. Like you can tell sometimes like, oh no, all of the Christies are evil. Like that's, that's facts. But he's got the full effect of a coke addict without sniffing no coke. He is all, that is him on that high. And he's also a narcissist. <laughs> and he comes into this meeting with that lovely introduction arby is here as well with his asthma and they discuss the revolving situations in which they need to solve stat number one utopia the kid has the comic he puts up a photo he says number two is jessica hyde he is tired of hearing about jessica hyde and when he said he had relations, I came looking for booty. 
I realized that no woman ever touched him with affection or consent. Number three. (laughs) Well, he also says that we need to flush them out. Well, that is number three. I had it right. Number three, flush them out. We need to do something to get the kids to reveal themselves, the four that's with her. And then number four, the most important is fucko, Michael Stearns. And the room blows up over this last issue. Kara, the only female in the room, thinks they need to start, because she's got a plan immediately for what they need to do, start manufacturing the vaccine now. Everything needs to happen now. She says we need to pull or outsource from home. Everyone was looking at her weird, mainly because she's unintentionally emasculating everyone in the room, including, but most importantly, Thomas Christie himself. This whole thing with Kara is a sad tale because even Kevin, they used this woman, like she had all the ideas, she was the brains behind it, and the men take her ideas. <laughs> and then give her none of the credit for it and that plays out throughout this entire episode with her but i got the the backdrop of exactly what this was especially when she was talking to Krevin. i was like oh okay i get it <laughs> i see what jillian's trying to say he wants to make everyone aware and looking for the little shit so she says i suggest honey not vinegar once again taking over the ideals in the room shut up shut your goddamn mouth he looked at her for two seconds as if the hr department was really like you need to be respectful (laughs) except there's no hr department it's just him and that's how it ended the way it did the men think they should do an amber alert And I'm guessing home is where these children are because they asked for some additional to stage a kidnapping. And Kevin says, or not Kevin, Thomas says, that's very local news and suggest a park killing spree. What do you mean? Everyone got silent. And then one of the minions finally speaks up to say, that sounds extreme. (laughs) but he's like yeah i know but i'm I'm, this is what we should do kara is not down with it at all because the flu and killing kids that was an understood sacrifice so we know definitely they're the ones that are killing children right now this is homicide of epic proportions on innocent families and she's not okay with that because he brings up we're already killing kids well that was understood that was understood sacrifice (laughs) they're they're some type of scientific cult right i guess more on that later i can definitely tell or at least she should have definitely told that thomas was thinking about this idea all night and he really came in here thinking this was a home run this was a slam dunk so when her ass objects not once but twice he tells her you're just being sensitive you're a mother she points out this has nothing to do with me being a mother even though she was like my kids play at that park okay we'll pick another park (laughs) she says this is wrong 
there is a line then he sits down calmly next to her and he says are you having doubts about our cause no because i really like to continue and then he really think this shit over <laughs> and then she goes does your dad know about this oh now you fucked up now you fucked up now you fucked up you have fucked up now now you fucked up now you fucked up now you fucked up now you fucked up he really is an asshole and she calls him out like you are now he's like uh now you're just being emotional <laughs> again it's not supposed to be funny but he's so diabolical with it because he genuinely is like i don't understand why don't you have a problem with it like and and you keep talking why do you keep talking you're emotional i'm just gonna keep telling you you're being a woman because that's the only reason i can come up with for why you're not down with this idea and he tells her you're a fount of reason grant and jessica have decided to sit down across from each other cross leg in the grass still in a standoff and she finally admits i'm not gonna hurt you i'm gonna ask for your help because i get it you got them street smarts but i can look at you and tell you are a neglected orphan that smells really bad takes one to know one basically and you're gonna end up like me because we are the only people or at least those people in the house the only ones that care about your well-being and that you will be hunted for the rest of your life and i can help with that and they uh they decide to do this together not separated everyone pours over the pages in the kitchen then they divvy them up because answers don't come immediately you have ian asking anything on deals he's like dude seconds <laughs> and i get a minute to look at it it's just a way to remind us that that's what's on his mind that's what's foremost in this for him is to help becky who appreciates his concern although she does seem a little embarrassed by it and then matches the tattoos under artemis's fingernails to a clock that they realize is a phone number they call that number it goes to an agent milner with homeland security who tells them they have called the wrong number then calls them back and says you need to do like artemis taught you because the harvest was tracing that call she then prepares to burn the fucking house down the team spaz out about sam's body still being in there that she won't be discovered like let her parents at least bury her and although she shows them that she's just driving away and blew up the house and didn't give a fuck what they said we see that she did indeed leave the body in the yard so baby steps Kara, with her kids is speaking to kevin about thomas being where she feels she should be because he's in st louis i'm at the fort i feel like i'm being sidelined he's like no i need someone with me to hold down the fort and if i'm being honest thomas is not ready for it she also brings up the fact that sempro was also her idea <laughs> that she came out with the meat that would get the attention of the fda so that they would test it 
look like a fool and then never come after him again for the legitimate shit that he is doing illegally so i'm guessing in the first episode all those kids that were over his house like kevin doesn't have his own family or does he have a wife i can't remember i thought i did see someone come in and kiss him in the second episode but were these all the kids that were over his house or are those some different kids it's so many kids i could be losing track well i guess we can substitute these three but as kevin takes the baby he asks now tell me the truth in his meeting how did he do while i honestly believe this was already set up by the time like her fate by the time they were having this conversation which is why he was all "Ooh, baby smell diabolical monster i do think that this was also a trick question just to see what she would say maybe he was having second thoughts or was still on the fence possibly we're going to intervene but she says he needs to be grounded and that's not the right thing to say he also gave a pack of raisins to her son michael has now gotten closer to dale warwick even admitting it's his flu they won't let me in dale says his daughter is dying and he can't see her thomas shows up but he ignores him even screaming out his name thomas it's me i have a sign it's michael stearns meanwhile becky is the sweetest thing making scars for wilson out of whatever she can find whatever linen as he bemoans oh my eyes bleeding again then there's something about it motherfucker well you need to announce to the class just you need to have your own bandages the fact that you're not even preparing for your own condition shows a very strong lack of self-responsibility while they're driving though jessica decides i'm gonna go chill in the grass on the side of the road (laughs) while you ian go check out this milner situation it's your idea uh you're gonna see if you trust her don't tell her that they have utopia don't tell her about me don't go anywhere with her and if you get captured and tortured tell them i'm dead (laughs) wilson decides to join her because he's had just about enough torture for his lifetime and becky tells grant she's gonna go stay with aunt crazy and i love his response i want to stay with you so very childlike like no mommy i want to go with crazy aunt lady she's the worst even though all they did was look at comics and eat all three children in the grass they then drive off to an abandoned toys or us this actually was smart it turned out and you got in still trying to get his romance game on opening doors talking about i don't bring anybody here but special girls but their banter is cut short by a teddy bear in the door (laughs) that i love seeing becky after agent milner was telling the horrible story of who exactly mr rabbit is she's just stroking that thing agent Catherine milner is played by the one the only the beautiful and talented 
Sonia San. If you do not know her from The Wire, which I've not watched, but all I hear is about how great she is in The Wire. I know her from, oh, Code Case. <laughs> That's what I know her from. She asks about Jessica Hyde. Well, first she mistakes Becky for Jessica Hyde. So no one knows what Jessica looks like. Interesting. And then realizes that they don't have Utopia. They've only seen it. And they're clearly not going to admit to knowing Jessica Hyde. She then gives them the story behind Mr. Rabbit. Explains that after 9-11... The government recruited scientists to have the best biological warfare in their back pocket just in case for a rainy day. America, beautiful. The thing about this biological warfare or the viruses that they were creating could be very targeted to specific ethnic groups, different race, women. They can put them in tampons. I was like, oh, okay. I'm glad I don't stick that shit up my body. I don't put nothing up in there. Um, <laughs> maybe I was tam off for some people, but I don't do tampons. Nestled amongst this group was a few rogue scientists that went global with the government's resources and information they are called the harvest the harvest is controlled by mr rabbit who is mr rabbit well he earned that name after he tried to sell sars to some chinese buyers who reneged so he went to china released the virus after some years the chinese finally captured him carved the symbol for chinese rabbit on his torso then set him loose on his let him loose to his enemies so that they can give him a most torturous death with the phrase run rabbit run so he decided to kill the 63 people on the continent that knew his identity before he went underground she tells them this is the person that you are up against so you sure you don't want to tell me anything about what you know and where jessica hyde is they're like um nope 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 but can we get some asylum well you don't have jessica hyde or utopia so you have no leverage but your problem is not my problem she does leave a phone though in case they are in over the head and jessica needs some assistant they ask where's home she says where the heart is <laughs> i liked her performance in it and i am not sure if i trust her whatsoever but there's a lot of people in this i am unsure of trusting then we get an odd scene of some kids in a classroom i'm guessing this must be where the the infamous home is because they're being taught about extinction and why would we uh kind of procreate these these extinct tigers when all they do is live in cages and she's like yeah that's a very good point why would we keep making something when there's no room left and i got the impression she was hinting at overpopulation arby comes to visit and picks a kid helper i felt really bad for that little black kid because he was sitting so tall he really wanted to be picked 
Put me in, coach. I'm ready to play. <laughs> he was so disappointed, too. Didn't know what this scene was about, but I was like, um, I'm not feeling great about it. As Ian and Becky are driving back, listing off all the ways they're fucked, these badass little fucking kids scare the shit out of me and them by throwing rocks. Wilson, I kind of expected better from you. Like, oh, you should have seen your face. Those other two are children. You're supposed to be a li- little bit more ahead, but I guess not. They are heading to Chicago because they are going City Mouse. RB meets up with Kevin Christie over some raisins, who tells him this will be harder on him than the other times. And he says, Well, I don't expect not. And he's like, Why? Well, when it happens, I hope it, it does. You do see why it's different. And he tells him to do it humane. Then he says, do you even know what that means? And he says, not slow, not bad. Hey, bro. What? Oh, my God. Ian and Becky finished telling Jessica and the rest of the group that everything that we thought is true. Like we needed that to be reaffirmed the second time after people showed up and tried to kill us. But okay. I, I was really flabbergasted as to why Wilson looks so shocked in the back seat Jessica hopes or nopes out of the Milner situation we're not going to her for help and wonders why the harvest is still hunting her and I'm like because your daddy's still alive girl now I went back to episode two and I looked at the picture of her daddy because I had someone send me a instant message on tumblr and asked me if that looked like uh, john cusack and i didn't like do a mic like get a what do you call those a microscope or not a microscope um what a magnifying glass and get his face but there is a vague resemblance i'm not sure i, I, I don't <laughs> I don't I don't think so I don't I don't uh, I guess that is a theory if you want to subscribe to it I don't at this time but I can see the point for it. like I don't have anything to base this off of one way or the other but it is interesting that she says Mr. Rabbit fed her cookies every Tuesday but then she also mentions the fact that her dad that's why I didn't buy it because I am of the opinion that Mr. Rabbit is Kevin Christie. So if her dad was visiting her and Kevin Christie was visiting, wouldn't she know the difference between the two people? I would think. But they probe a little bit more about what she does recall. She was moved to home when she was six or seven years old. She had her own yellow little house. She was left there alone with occasional visits from her dad. And that there were presents, giant presents, that she was not allowed to touch. And Wilson wonders if this was medical equipment or something to that extent. And then they're looking through the comic pages. And it says his greatest creation inside his greatest creation. Because there is a photo of presents. And then Wilson surmises that you must know the real identity of mr rabbit that's why they're still hunting you and the comic must reveal who mr rabbit's identity is to the entire world but then 
I came back to what Milner said. She said multiple scientists went rogue. And when I was looking at that comic book, like the one when Becky was looking at the one guy feeding the cookies, there was another rabbit there holding something else. So I think that this is more as a one more than one person operation. And while there is a Mr. Rabbit that everyone thinks runs it, maybe it's several Mr. Rabbit. Like there's several scientists that run it, right? And they all go under the acronym Rabbit, but they hide under one umbrella. Did that make sense? Kind of. So the next scene, we go back to St. Louis. Protests continue. Michael is cleared randomly and out of the blue to come and assist he brings his new friend dale along lying saying he is his medical assistant i'm like bro you getting played wilson back with team hyde shows grant sam's utopia manifesto and scrapbook and they realize they don't have all of utopia because a photo is missing and they all stare at Grant just as we see Alice finding it under her bed because he hid some some pages away. He's a smart boy. What ensues next is downright brutal. We all watched it, so I'm not going to go scene by scene. But the setup is like this. At least he didn't tell the kid completely what he was doing. He's just like, um, so put on these gloves that have Grant's prints on them. He's dressed up like Grant is. They show him on security footage going into Kara's house. And you don't know it's Kara at first. He's just going into this house. He's touching things like the window to intentionally leave prints. He, I thought they were also going to kill together because he's like, oh, he's a good little helper. I was like, please don't have this kid killing anyone. But no, he puts down the gun and leaves the back door but Arby comes through the the back door picks up the gun and actually commits the murders the first person is someone coming down the steps Kara hears the gunshot and immediately she knows how could this happen to me I made my mistakes got nowhere to run the night goes kills everybody the babies the children he shuts the door and can't even i mean it's still not done because he sees another kid with the raisins and he has to finish the job and he does and then the actor playing arby i think did a phenomenal job of showing how this fucked him like he probably never ever gave a second thought to killing it was just something he did probably always killed adults too right uh he's probably been killing adults since he was child so it's just almost an ingrained thing adults are the enemy in this case it was children and i believe he is at a mental break because he takes a, a huge inhale of his inhaler and lets out this scream that was truly as awful as the act in which he created so what does this mean for arby what is this gonna push him into because now i think kevin christie fucked up 
and sending him this particular assignment but I'm also confused because it felt as if Kevin Christie wanted him to understand that this is fucked up but psychopaths are as they be that's what I think I wanted to bring up from last episode of Utopia so I happen to be doing some psychological research for the uh, novel that I was writing or the I should say the I don't know if I want to clarify if it's a novel yet but for something I was writing and I wanted to talk about the difference between a sociopath and a psychopath and according to a <laughs> uh, very well mind that's the first thing I, I brought up sociopath is a term people use often arbitrarily to describe someone who's apparently without a conscience in most cases it's a description blithely tossed out to label a person or being without or being either hateful or hate worthy same applies for a psychopath that's nice but i need to know what is the difference sociopath uh they do not care or they make it clear they do not care how others feel behave in hot-headed and impulsive ways prone to fits of anger and rage recognize what they are doing but rationalize their behavior cannot maintain a regular work and family life can form emotional attachments but it is difficult versus a psychopath they pretend to care display cold-hearted behavior fail to recognize other people's distress have relationships that are shallow and fake maintain a normal life as a cover for criminal activity fail to form genuine emotional attachments may love people in their own way so the reason why i brought this up is because i think i was trying to jump on um some feelings about jessica on this one because i I believe i can't remember it's been a while that we were going back and forth about her mental state i believe she's a sociopath whereas kevin is a psychopath and that's why i think that um i can understand her in a way because i'm seeing her through that lens not excusing her behavior or even well not because i'm rationalizing it but i'm rationalizing it through the eyes of how she is rationalizing it if that makes sense um so yeah if you ever want to look into some uh, psychology very well mind is <laughs> apparently a good resource that's enough about my thoughts on this episode it's time to get to my favorite part the feedback If you want to send feedback, you can send that to blackrollcouch at gmail.com. You can send it via written format or you can send it via audio. First up tonight, we have Queen Mimi. What up, Stina? It's Mimi. I am sending in my feedback for Utopia. This is episode four. Um, I have to say that I am really, really enjoying this show. Like, I feel like this is probably one of the best newer ones that we had. I'm 
I think I even like it a little more than Raised by Wolves. I like have to stop myself from hitting like or actually I have to like stop it because the next episode will play and I'm like about to start watching. I'm like, oh, crap, off, off, off. But I like really want to binge hard like it's I'm fighting it because ever since the 13 reasons why, like I was like, I want to watch this with them so that we're all on the same page because like I'd be wanting to say stuff and you ain't there yet so I feel like us having like episode by episode reactions playing off of each other is better for me so I'm really trying hard not to binge but it's so hard because the show is so good um so I guess let me get into my feedback first I want to say um when um Jessica tried to snatch up Grant I was about to beat the bitch's ass like I was really close to jumping through the screen and fighting her like you better leave my baby boy alone leave him alone now I'm not sure if she's manipulating him with that story I can't get a read on her she might really mean it she might not I really don't know it's it's really up for grabs um so I guess we'll just wait and see but all I know is uh she better keep her hands off of my baby that's all I'm saying leave him alone and I also it's I'm I am like watching her when she like with Becca Becky with the way Becky handles Grant it's like she's being very motherly but for some reason Jessica isn't like she doesn't look at that the same way she looked at Sam and I don't know maybe you have some insight on that maybe it is because it's more motherly than like leader I'm not sure but I I felt like the way she was like telling Grant no it's okay or you know trying to get him to you know be more open to Jessica I was worried like please don't kill my Becky like she got enough issues going on we don't need to lose nobody else let's please don't kill her and she didn't even look at her any kind of way so I thought that was kind of interesting dynamic between them two maybe she just didn't like like Sam like you know there's some people who you know have rubbed me the wrong way or said some things so out of pocket there is nothing ever that they can do that make me like them and that's just the bottom line like maybe that's how it was with Jessica and Sam I'm not sure I just know that Becky seems to really have taken uh charge over Grant like she tells him what to do and he listens and I will say one thing that Ian Ian I I think that's the the actor's name (laughs) no Ian that is his real name or that's the character's name Ian yeah that's him one thing that he said that I absolutely agree with was you know Artemis killed your dad that was good because you know your one life isn't worth the lives of all of these people your dad's killing and that's one thing that I am struck in by this show so her dad created all of these millions of or I guess caused all these millions of deaths from these uh, viruses that he created because he was trying to protect her. It almost sounds like she was being held captive when she was little in some type of house. I know she doesn't remember. She looked like she was probably like five, four or five in those pictures. I'm not really sure, but she was definitely a little girl. So it must mean that he, I'm not sure, like his dad, her dad was somewhere else and 
you know, they just threatened her is what it kind of sounds like. Um, we don't hear anything about her mom. So her mom must not be in the picture so far that we know of. So it'll be interesting to see if we get that kind of backstory. But I mean, Artemis was absolutely right. Like your dad needed to die because this is ridiculous. Like, I understand he loves you, but you're one person and this is the world. And he's going to keep creating these viruses and killing hundreds of thousands of people for you to protect you it doesn't make any sense so i get i get where she was going with that i still stand by my thing that artemis was disgusting she grossed me the hell out everything about her and um i guess other than the fact that she did love jessica um and why ian decided he was gonna try and stop jessica from killing her i still don't get it um i don't think that ian is entitled i wasn't saying that i just think that his life must have been easier that he ain't had no stressors in his life and he don't know how to handle conflict because to me as soon as he saw what happened with uh jessica um the way she was so like she said real easily no i didn't kill those people you know it was um whoever the the rabbit or whoever that should have been enough like you just see you see all these people are dead like you know they're dead whether jessica killed them or someone else this shit's real so you know that should have been enough for him to know that this is not a game let me do what she says or i'm gonna die or he could have easily walked away or and jessica could have killed him those were his two options so i still stand by what i said i think he needs to get his shit together maybe he's coming to terms with it i'm not sure i did like him better in this episode i will admit that but last episode i stick by what i said he was getting on my nerve thing i really liked was when uh they were getting ready to burn the house down and jessica like broke the chair after they got off that uh phone call and um <laughs> they were all trying to break the um chairs and they looked <laughs> so ridiculous and then they showed grant with the yellow page and he talked about some what the fuck is this i was like oh my god these people are a daggone mess oh oh and um for the record as soon as i saw that number i knew it was a phone number like i know 773 is a chicago number but it looked like a number it had a one in front of it if it wasn't a like a phone number it could have been a coordinates like what becky what are you gonna do with the population of the world what kind of what kind of number is that what is that gonna accomplish oh <sighs> Um, the other thing I enjoyed was them meeting that uh, agent Catherine Milner. Um, that was a very informative uh, conversation that they had. And I, it felt like it, it gave us a lot of insight on who we were dealing with, with Mr. Rabbit. Like we know he's maniacal. We know he's clearly very smart, but I think it just showed us what type of a person that they're dealing with. Um, but I will say that line when she, they were like, where's home and she was like where the heart is i was like damn she petty as hell she ain't have to say that she could have just walked away i mean real just real petty um the last thing i would like to touch on was the fact that arby was able to just i i don't i'm trying to understand like are there like more kids now with than parents like those viruses did it like wipe out a lot of the population i'm trying to understand because the way arby was just able to just literally walk into that classroom and just pick out a little boy or a little like pick out a kid like he was at an apple orchard was just ridiculous like how is that okay and 
what school is this like that person's gonna miss their kid like it's it i don't know that they're the little boy arby was gonna kill him it sounded like he was but we know that they killed that lady's entire family but i gotta be honest with you when she was in that um when they were in the room at the beginning of the episode and she was like going back and forth with uh dr chrisley's son i was like she about to die like i knew it and i'm mad they made us they let us see her little babies and then we had to watch them die like that was real effed up but i knew she was gonna die it's like first of all look at look at what you're doing look at where you are look at what you guys guys have already done why do you why are you going back and forth with him if they'll kill someone so easily just random people who do you think you are why you think you're not who cares if you were brought into this team first that's his son who do you think he's gonna side with like she should have known better um i wish she wouldn't her whole family wouldn't have died but i'm i saw it coming i just she should have known who she was working for um i feel like it's something else i'm forgetting but i'm heading to work right now so um i um, I should have just recorded it right after I watched it, but I was trying to sit with it for a little bit. I think that's all I have. Um, I can't wait to listen to this feedback because this episode was really good and I am so into this show. I love it. So until next time, love, peace, hair grease and black girl magic. Queen of the couch Mimi out and I am under 10 minutes. So boom. See that last part you just did was petty. You had to end it. You had to walk out like that. You could have just said goodbye. You're cracking me up because that was Penny when she was like, where the audience? <laughs> I was like, why are you being a bitch? You ain't already got they life threatened and you gonna give them some fucking <laughs> saying, common saying. Like, why you keep asking me that? You know where home is. <laughs> oh, some points that you brought up. I too love this show. I love it so much. It's so unfortunate that this is apparently too much for people to handle. I have to respect that because sometimes I can be very insensitive and I'm working on it as always. But no, I mean, I think I said it in the top that it was mostly the critics that I had an issue with because some of them was just being real ignorant with their comments. However, I I respect if you can't you know the subject matter is too much i think that it's not as as polarizing to current situation it has a, an allusion to it sure uh if you are a conspiracy theorist because there are those people out there too that this could definitely be tipping you off in some some different scales but i've always been able to separate my fiction from non-fiction and it's supposed to be a story it's not based on real life. It can be influenced by real life, but as I stated, so does so is most fiction. Um, going back to the comment you made about uh, whether or not she was manipulating Grant, I think that goes back to that um, sociopath. I think reading up on that, you probably can surmise where you want to put her in that camp. I still maintain that she is a sociopath. And furthermore, it says sociopaths have a conscious, I'll bet a weak one, and will often justify something they know to be wrong. By contrast, psychopaths will believe that their actions are justified and feel no remorse for any harm done. Mm. I think in this episode, 
if she hadn't left uh, Sam's body outside, then she would have been a psychopath because she chose to do this one thing. It shows a hint, granted, as as stated, a weak one (laughs) of remorse for her actions, although she is not going to take it. It's happened, right? Um, They also mentioned the rage and the violence. That's just unfortunately uh they had a whole section on that part too i thought that was approach to violence when it while it's common to think of sociopaths and psychopaths as being inherently dangerous this is more a construct of tv drama than a true reflection of the disorder violence while certainly possible is not an inherent characteristic of either a social of sociopathy or psychopathy that is very true um actually most people that run corporate businesses are psychopaths and some are also sociopaths and fucking billionaires uh she says or it says with that being said people with apd will often go to extraordinary lengths to manipulate others whether it be to charm disarm or frighten them in order to get what they want when psychopaths do become violent so yeah they're talking about psychopaths that's what she means apd is definitely psychopath (laughs) um sociopaths are made psychopaths are born so her her nature versus nurture that they both contribute to behavioral disorders so this is a um and it also says sociopathy also tends to be associated with harmful childhood experiences including sexual abuse physical violence or parental instability this is still building my case for the sociopath uh identification of who jessica is i don't know if i mean i'm pretty certain that's where i'm gonna stay anything could happen especially after this episode that can veer this in a different direction so i won't say it's set in stone but i'm 99.9 percent sure that's where her character is I believe that Becky is a nurturer like she seems to take care of everyone though it's not just she was taking care of Grant like she wanted to protect Grant in that moment to say hey I have a rapport with her not only that she's put herself in a position of trust with uh, Jessica they kind of have this weird little bond I think Jessica sees something in her in which she um kind of wants to be around like i said it's that kind nature that even ian references a few times that she is you're just the kindest person she makes sure that homeboy has his scarves she's making sure that grants he's a kid he's gonna take care of. she's even taking care of jessica you know you can just go on the scene she could just let her sit there and <laughs> be disgusting but she's trying to be that that person she feels that type of empathy for people and i think that is something that someone who's starved of that type of affection or that feeling of having someone care about you would be drawn to that like a moth to a flame i would think i think that jessica was definitely used as leverage against her dad I think home is much much larger than we think because they said they stole government resources. We got this lab. That's the front. So if the front already is big and <laughs> and and successful, right? Seems to be 
um, very well financially backed, then I can't imagine what the side operation looks like. Because clearly the harvest is a side operation. Christie's Labs is the is the front. So I think these kids are being indoctrinated in this very much like a cult. And I go back to the last episode where you had the mom, what was her name, Kim with Alice. And she made a comment and it still sticks to me. And maybe that's just... Um, uh, what was also brought up in this episode about overpopulation reproducing there's a whole bunch of kids out there the systems are failing them right you have someone like kevin christie takes all these kids and puts them to good use i think that's what's going on i think <laughs> he is taking orphan children that no one gives a shit about no one's gonna come looking for as you stated like no parent is gonna notice their kids gone but say that that kid goes into the foster system or just say i come across it or they're breeding i don't know how the fuck they're getting these kids but i have a feeling it's somewhere connected between those three points uh the phone book was hilarious because the gen z's don't know what the fuck that is and so was the fact that neither man could break a damn chair and she did it very easily and I think that Kara was definitely going to be 86 too from the moment she said there. I mean, I, I wasn't expecting it to go there. I thought they were going to kill her. I didn't think they were going to do the massacre with a kid and use it to their advantage to flush out Grant because he was dressed just like Grant. So they're going to make it seem like because they already needed to amass to flush them out. What better way to get everyone looking for that little shit than he just killed a whole family. He's a family annihilator. That's fucked up. But I also think when she said there's a line, whatever they're doing, I have a feeling she might not have been happy with that. She says the vaccinations. So what does she know? What does she not know? And maybe her saying there is a line. Maybe everyone else is like, no, actually there isn't. And if you think there is one, well, apparently you signed up on the wrong contract. This is not... (laughs) Anna in the expanse talking to uh what undersecretary what was Silas Silas when she he said how many sacri- how many lives must be sacrificed to do some good as as le- little as possible I bet you that was her mindset but I have a feeling the Christies are like no it's gonna be a lot of sacrifice maybe the next step she may uh, may not have been cool with and they just eliminated this issue early but the whole damn family, fuck me. <laughs> but one person being killed in the house wouldn't have. I, it was just, oh, so brutal. So very, very brutal. And that is Mimi's feedback. Last but not least, here's Queen Shy. Hey, Christina, it's me, Shy. Wow, oh, wow. Utopia, episode four. This show is just something else. I'm just loving this show, man. This show is crazy. Off the chain crazy. There hasn't been an episode yet where they haven't dropped bodies. And did Arby kill his son? That was his son. You know, I was thinking when Christy was talking to Kara, um, when she was holding the baby, then he held the baby and this little kid was standing next to them. 
I was like, that kid looks a little bit like Arby. And sure enough, that was Arby's son. Because what did Christy say? This one's going to be harder on you than the others. And he's like, oh, I don't see why. And he's like, I hope you do see why. And I was like trying to figure out why would this one be harder. But I didn't know that that was her son. So yeah, that was the only confused. Yeah, I was the only confused part. I thought that was one of Christy's kiddos. But he, oh my gosh. So that should be interesting. I'm, I'm wondering how Arby's going to, if he's going to be his usual self and not, I mean, it had to have affected him. It had to have affected him in some way. So I'm, I'm wondering if that's going to be a turning point for him at some point where he's going to turn on Christy. Um, so yeah, that should be interesting to look out for. But yes, his other son, Thomas, it seems like he raises a bunch of psychopath crazy people. <laughs> so, or I don't know. I mean, I don't know if he has a, yeah, that, oh yeah, that, um, little schoolhouse full of minions that I guess they're raising to do his bidding so I guess that's where Arby comes from because he went and got that one kid to um put the fingerprints on on everything in the gun to pretend that he's Grant I was wondering what they were they were going with that so that should be interesting they're trying to flush flush them out um by um incriminating Grant Man, there's so much to talk about. I'm not, I'm gonna have to go quickly. Well, I definitely knew Carl was gonna die once she was back talking in that meeting and talking about how she didn't wanna kill. That she thought that killing, going on a killing spree in a park, was not a good idea, and we don't. They didn't need to do all that. Of course, I'm like, mm, now you want to take the moral high, high ground, but the uh, killing kids with the flu was a understood sacrifice but killing kids in a park oh no I draw the line I'm like seriously lady anyway so yeah I, I wrote in my notes yeah Kara's gonna die as soon as that as soon as that scene was going on I'm like yep Kara's gonna die then as soon as she was talking to Christy I was like yep Kara's definitely gonna die <laughs> so yeah that was my the running theme every time I saw her it's like yep and then sure enough that was it. I was like, yep, this is Kara's house as the kid was walking to it. So, so yes, Christy is a cold-blooded son of a gun. Cold-blooded son of a gun. But anyway, um, I see that they, poor Sam, they, they just left her out there, you know, to rot while they gave Artemis a nice proper burial. But yeah, I was thinking about Sam's father too in the last episode. And I didn't I didn't say anything about it in the podcast. Um about you know, I wonder what's gonna happen with him. Um I'm sure they're not gonna show him again. But you know, poor Sam's dad. Cause they seem really close in that first episode. I remember thinking, um, before they buried Sam, I'm like they couldn't at least clean up the blood i'm sure jessica would have been okay with the blood being cleaned up but yeah it didn't matter they blew up the house um once they figured out that that was a phone number that was on i think christina you were saying it. i didn't look i didn't watch it i didn't watch that part i just knew they i didn't 
completely look at it. I'm with Mimi. I was not trying to watch them. Once they did, she did the first pulling of the fingernails. I was like, oh gosh, oh gosh, and I didn't watch it, so I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know there was tattooed numbers under her fingernails. Um, so of course we find out what that is um, in Utopia. That was for Agent Milner. Um, they go out to meet her. Of course Jessica said, no, you, y'all go out there and uh, if she tortures you. Uh, don't say my name. Tell her, tell him I'm dead. Like, gee, thanks, Jessica. Um, so Ian and Becky's Ian was actually um, pretty tolerable this episode. I didn't mind Ian. He was the just a good amount of what he's supposed to be. Scared at times and a little assertive, but not too much. So him and Becky, and I like their relationship. You know, I like that they are still supportive of each other. Um, they're for each other. Um, they go into this Toys R Us, abandoned Toys R Us warehouse, and they meet up with Agent Milner, who tells them about Dr. Christie, a.k.a. Mr. Rabbit, who, which makes sense. Um, he was involved in this government conspiracy where they are making biological weapons, diseases, which, you know, reminds me of Rona. I'm like, is that what... China was doing biological warfare type deal. Anyway, uh, they brought up China, you know, funny enough in this one <laughs> with Christy going over to um, China and ended up killing 800 people by affecting them with SARS. So, yes, we see where that backstory is coming from. So yeah, Ian and Becky ends up going out there. Of course, I was cracking up when um, Wilson was like, yeah, I'm going to stay with Jessica. I only can um, handle one torture a month. <laughs> okay, Wilson. Um, this is like, it's your turn. I already have my torture. Um, so yeah, that was interesting getting the backstory of that. Um, I wonder if they took the phone. Because if they took the phone, that means they're probably being traced. Um as they go back to Jessica of course I laughed at the part when she was um telling them about Mr. Rabbit um Becky was uh petting the uh stuffed animal (laughs) as she listened to the story of uh of the harvest and Mr. Rabbit so I'm thinking that you know when they showed the little schoolhouse of the little kids that I guess are being being brainwashed into uh I guess being in the cult that is definitely is a cult I think Christina you mentioned that as well so I'm thinking Jessica was part of that cult and she escaped and I'm wondering if she actually has a dad or or maybe she was kidnapped from her dad or her dad worked for uh Christy um and so he she was part of that cultish classroom where they recruit the kids or raise the kids to do what Arby and Rob are doing that's why she knows so much about things and that's why Christy wants to find her that's why everybody knows about her so that's what I'm thinking um that she was part of that of course you got that teacher when Arby goes in there talking about um what size okay so they're not even seen as children per se um they're seen as possessions things to be used and of course she's like is he coming back and Arby's like if he listens 
so yeah this is a very cutthroat you know not even playing around type of a cult you know you 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 get gone if uh you don't do what you're supposed to do so i see that grant this is how we're gonna get back to alice and kim grant only which is i guess in a way is smart in another way it's very scary for alice and kim because they're still involved because they have parts of utopia which means that i'm sure the gang is going to head over there at some point to gather the rest of the pages and that's going to lead some bad people to them and all that good stuff so now i'm a little bit concerned about kim and alice and how they're going to get dragged back into this um and i mean i understood why he did it i mean he didn't fully trust you know everything so i mean it makes sense in a way but like i said it puts them in danger um so yeah and of course we got Stearns finally getting inside but of course Thomas and his gang went in there first so I'm sure they set something up to where to keep the um what they're doing or gaslight I should say Stearns by um setting up whatever they did in there to keep him from finding out what's truly going on so that should be interesting but I don't think they counted on this other doctor getting in so i think that's gonna throw a monkey wrench in the plan so yeah that was very interesting yeah this whole episode i enjoyed i mean i really like i said i'm really enjoying this show i mean it's one crazy thing after another um i mean i'm starting to understand a little bit more as you know things go on so excuse me so it should all at some point come together so we shall see how that all hint oh yeah i forgot to mention the the another funny part um with ian you know jessica is like smashing chairs left and right and ian is struggling with that one chair i i cracked up at that scene as well so but anyway um yeah that's all i have i mean i'm also curious as if the wife really knows what's going on i can't believe that she's this in the dark about all these kids and all this stuff that's happening i have to believe that she's in the know but we'll see um but that's all i got for now i'm over my time i could go on forever talking about different things in this episode because there was so much to talk about but i only have 10 minutes and i already went over so until next time much love peace and black girl magic queen of the couch shy and that was queen shy with her thoughts on the episode so first things first that was not arby's brother (laughs) and i don't blame you though i just said that in the in the podcast the kids are a little confusing because when we first met them they were all in kevin christie's home at his dinner table so i assumed that this was one huge family like i thought kara was kevin christie's girl those kids at the table were their kids now i'm starting to backtrack on all of that because we haven't seen any of 
kevin's kids like i think going back to the first episode that all of those kids were her kids there with christy and uh his son thomas and then his wife and maybe there was one or two kids i'm not sure but i don't think that um that he was like uh that one kid that kara is any relation i should say uh arby i feel that you're right on he comes from the same place where jessica is i think you're pretty i I like your theory a lot about this home place being somewhere she escaped and she thinks it's this other thing but really it's the it's where all of these children seem to come from and i think we only got a taste of what home is and i do think that those kids are ex uh exposable disposable that's the word i'm looking for and because they mentioned overpopulation in this episode i can see some correlation with that but i i'm pretty much just coming up with the theory out of my ass so because mimi dragging me for that just because i said you sag must and i must say i i don't there's no confirmation yet because I noticed you were doing the same thing. I believe he's Mr. Rabbit. But it's not been said in the show. And no one has clarified or confirmed that he is indeed Mr. Rabbit. So he is still a mystery on if that is his actual identity. I mean, after this episode, I thought we got two additional really good uh, possible candidates with Agent Milner's character and with Thomas. But I feel Thomas is, he's too younger generation that might actually be more evil than his own father. (laughs) But who knows? They might be vibing on the same team. They seem to. But then they do things that contradict each other and I'm not quite sure what I'm watching and my confusion. But I really do like that theory. I think you're probably right about that. And then um ian be intolerable yeah i know i i I just found him funny last episode (laughs) i think because i found humor in it that it wasn't annoying but i get that you would find what he's doing like i mean yeah he needs some balls like oh i like to not piss my pants every five seconds i love when we both brought up or everyone brought up you two brought up i should say the chair situation that was hysterically funny oh what else i do think arby is going to be changed from this experience and i'm wondering what these other pages are going to going to reveal i feel that like i'm guessing and this is literally me guessing i haven't watched the next episode yet but somehow some way this whole their, their point was to get this national to get people looking for um grant so if kim is like oh we know that boy and she calls 911 to report it or maybe she well she'll probably call 911 to report it and kill the whole family and they got it on the news <laughs> maybe like alice doesn't believe her and runs off and she's left alone and then they show up looking for utopia and then she ends up dying like him because i think that alice the only reason they showed her is if she's going to at some point be a part of this crew 
and Kim can't be a part of that equation. So I'm guessing that the mama's gonna die. I hope they don't kill Alice because I like her and I think she's trying to be the ride or die for Grant. He needs someone his age anyway. But yeah, um, I think we have covered everything there is to be covered about this episode. I'm sure we'll have more to discuss on the next one. Again, if you want to join in the conversation, you can send feedback to blackgirlcouch at gmail.com. You can find this podcast, Black Girl Couch Reviews, on Podbean, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, and wherever else good podcasts can be found. My social medias will be below. Remember to like, share, subscribe, and if you have time, run over to iTunes and leave a review. Until the next time, peace, hair grease, and Black Girl Magic.